Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and today we have Timothy Stutz, who happened to be, once upon a time, a certified public accountant who decided one day, just woke up, to travel the world and become a master teacher of ancient arts and sacred sciences. We're going to find out how and why that happened and came about. But he is the author of more than 86 children's books. He is a master of med meditation and quantum energy practices such as Reiki, Tai Chi, Qigong, and yoga. He's a certified medical intuitive, a quantum cl uh, clairvoyant. He does soul harmonic sound healing and sacred essential oil, alchemist. He's an ordained science, mind, and holistic healing minister and an Indian foot, head and foot massage practitioner. So that is like worlds away from being a public certified accountant. <laughs> <laughs> it's universes away. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we're, we're going to go into how and why and where that transformation actually took place. And as you can tell, if you're watching the video, he's got a background of a butterfly, so he's all about transformation. So he's going to fit right in with this podcast today. And Timothy has actually assisted thousands of people enjoy healthier, healthy, happier, and more productive lives. And I can't wait to hear all about your transformation story, Timothy. Welcome. Welcome to Butterfly Kisses. Wonderful to be with you, Amy. Thank you so much. Wonderful Thanks. to be with your audience. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So how in the world did you go from public certified accountant, a CPA, to this beautiful background of a butterfly and transformation? This is huge metamorphosis. Well, the, the universe sort of moved me that way. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the way it always works? Yes. I mean, I changed majors nine times in college and the only reason I chose certified public accounting was because I finally decided I was going to be a PE teacher with a minor in business administration. And I took an accounting class and I found out I was really good at it. And the, and the instructor said, you can make a lot of money doing this. So I thought, okay, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. And so that's what led me into the, the realms of certified public accountants. And what, what led me out of that realm finally was um, having a gun put to my chest. <laughs> and yeah, I, I had discovered an embezzlement of about two and a half million dollars, which was a lot at the time. And it was, an it was an embezzlement done by a guy I went to work for and I found out about it within two weeks and his accountant and his attorney were in bed with him on it and anyway I got threatened and so that was that was the way the universe said really don't think you want to be doing this any longer yeah that probably would wake me up as well so how did that move you into going into the world of quantum energy and studying well, meditation and healing Sort of, sort of in that same time period, I 
Well, again, I was I was moved into that. I took some Valium one night or one day before a minor operation. And then that night, I took a pain pill before going to sleep. And I found myself in a dream what, driving in a car around mountain curves that have those banisters around the edges. And next thing I know, I'm losing control of the car and saying out loud to the person I was with, I can't control it anymore. And the next thing I look, my eyes opened up, I was looking at the ceiling and there was like, you know, those white and the old projectors in the old movie theaters, there's a white light going from the projector to the screen. And so I'm looking at this white light going from my eyes to the ceiling and showing me that the cars crashed and they're taking our bodies away. And I thought that was sufficiently strange enough. I'd never had an experience like the next night after going to bed and taking another pain pill, I had a dream and I woke up out of the dream and coming out of the wall across from me was this Indian man with a beard and an orange cap on and he just kept coming in and out of and I basically just said I, I closed my eyes and said I'm a certified public accountant this does not make sense um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was it was about nine months there was a birthing period after that. So it was about nine months later that I found myself laying in bed crying for three days and literally not getting out of bed, not eating, um, drinking a little bit of water and crying. And finally, at the end of these three days, I found myself yelling out to God and saying, I've prayed now. I lay me down to sleep ever since my mother taught me. And God, if you exist, I need to find you. Got up out of bed shortly after that and felt Christ standing behind me in the mirror saying, I will remake you in my image. And I remembered, I remembered a friend that I had audited in Hawaii the previous year. And when I left, she said, you know, if you ever need a couch to hang out on, just call me up. And so I needed a, I needed a space to hang out in that point in time. And I loved Hawaii. So I called her up and she said, well, I'll do you better than a couch because I bought a house and you can have your own room. Very nice. So I headed off to Hawaii within a week, actually. And when I got there, she said, I've got to work tomorrow, but here's a book you might like. Why don't you read this? And it was Dick Sutphin's Past Lives, Future Loves. And I had never read anything on <laughs> like that, anything spiritual. Um, Went, took it out into the backyard the next day and started reading it and literally just started crying. I mean, it just triggered tears from within. Things that my daughter had been trying to show me from the moment she was born just kind of clicked in. And so from that point on, I just wanted to know everything I could possibly know. That, that was the start of my journey into spirituality which led me to a meditation path and led me, that led me to Reiki and that led me to Tai Chi and Qigong. How long ago was that? Uh, started meditating in 1980. So this was around the end of 1980 that this happened. And finding the meditation path was, I did a series, I, I did a week long workshop for accountants and CPAs and 
other people in the mortgage banking industry at a college and I ran the whole thing and because I had been introduced to certain things at that time. So I had some psychologists there. I had an astrologer who looked at astrology from the mathematical standpoint. So that would fit in with the accountants and things there. But I worked a lot. I worked a lot of hours putting it together. And the last two days of that conference, I didn't sleep. So when it was over that night, I ended up leaving my body and I'd never experienced that before. And I was with somebody and she literally watched my body drop dead, lifeless as I left. And from outside, I saw her reaction. I saw my reaction and got myself back into my body and picked up the phone. And because I remembered this was nine months after that dream. So I remembered that dream of the car crashing and I had to take this lady to the airport that night. And, I was not real pleased with that. So I called up a psychologist I'd been seeing off and on and basically just said, help. <laughs> and <laughs> she said, well, I'll get up and ask Baba what to do. And I had no idea who Baba was. I had no idea anything. She called me back in 15 minutes and said, Baba says to eat something sweet and go to sleep. So I, ate something sweet and it's sweetness will calm down spiritual energy so if anybody's got too much spiritual energy going on um you know eat a ripe banana and it'll calm it down a little bit if you just need to settle down my psychologist called me at about four o'clock the next morning and woke me up and didn't tell me she was going to call and asked me if i wanted to go chant with her and i asked her what chanting was and she told me and I said, no, I don't sing for anybody. I don't sing in the shower and I'm definitely not going to a group of people and singing. <laughs> uh, I went to military to school too, so I was kind of straight laced. <laughs> anyway, I asked her if she would meet me after she chanted and we met for breakfast afterwards and she brought me a book by Ram Dass and which made a very, very powerful impact on me. There was a line in there that says, listen to your own truth. And it was, I had started writing at that point in time and actually contacted Ram Dass and had communications with him and asked him if I could use that line as a title in a book. She gave me a yoga instructor and she gave me an astrologer to see. So I went and saw the astrologer and that that was an, that was very eye-opening <laughs> very eye-opening um you know the only thing is i remembered he said was there's three things you don't do in life you do not drive motorcycles you do not drive speedboats and you definitely do not fly airplanes and what he what he saw in me was a tendency to take risks uh -huh. and I acknowledge that. And the other thing before I left, he said, what I want you to do is when you go to bed at night, I want you to breathe in white light and take it through your whole body and imagine it's coming out your palms and your feet and you're surrounding yourself in this cocoon of white light as you go to sleep. And he looked in my eyes and he said, you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> And he said, well, do you watch Star Trek? And I said, yep. He said, well, just visualize that light when they beam people up, you know, going into your body. And I did that every night for 10 nights in a row. And 
I was taken into the future. I was taken into the past and shown things about my life. And and the yoga instructor, I went and took yoga and ended up hurting my body pretty badly at one point in time. It, it, my body was really tense. I mean, I, I was really good at athletics and everything, but I'd never had a massage. I'd never done yoga. And so everything was really tight mentally, emotionally, physically, and my back went out at one point in time. And But she too, she um, she followed the same spiritual path, uh, City Yoga, that my psychologist followed. So she played Om Namah Shivaya at the end of every yoga session. And so after three months of yoga, I called up my psychologist again and said, I'll go do that chant with you, whatever it is. And... I went there and it was in a lady's garage that had been reconverted into a meditation room and men were sitting on one side and women were sitting on the other side and there was a chair with a picture in it and people were bowing to this chair and it the only thing that I could relate it to was I used to go up to LA and work for my grandfather and the Hare Krishnas were on the streets of LA at the time. So that's kind of what I related it to. And I sat there and tried to do this. It was a long chant and you had to use a book and I literally could not do it. And I felt like I ruined everybody else's morning actually, because I couldn't keep up with the words. And anyway, so I, at the end of the uh, chant, when there was a silent period for meditation, I literally started levitating off the floor. And I grabbed my fingers into the very thick carpet of life. <laughs> Again, I had no idea what was happening. And when I left there, I told my psychologist, I said, I feel like a kindergartner that's just been in a 12th grade class. But all of it piqued my interest, so I started to go to weekly programs. Starting about three months later, that, that experience frightened me a little bit too. So it took another three months before I was willing to go back and see what was going on. Why do you think that, I mean, you come, you come from a background of a CPA, you come from a background of military, a, mil, a military background. So you had a very structured, rigid, rigid background, probably very analytical, very, um, I'm seeing like very rigid in your thought process and your thinking. Yep. Why do you think all of a sudden your path just kind of opened up and you went a complete 360 in a totally different direction in your life? Um, God's grace. So that, that dream of that, you know, I found a picture after I was in that spiritual path for a couple of years and meditating, I actually found one of Muktananda's books for the picture of him that I saw coming out of the wall. I actually mm -hmm. saw that. It was actually a photo in a book. I really felt like God saw that I was heading down the wrong path when I was about 30 years old and said, okay, it's time to switch this around. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was, and that was the start of it. And I, I remember at four and a half years old is when I started military school. And I remember I was in the choir and 
all the every time we sung swing low sweet chariot i saw angels above me and we used to sing jesus loves me a lot too and i felt all that and i was really open when i started school i mean my connection with god had not been severed and i started sharing some of these experiences with my classmates and um <laughs> that didn't go over so well so between <laughs> between my uh dysfunctional family life and the kids at military school not reacting to that sharing so hot i made the unconscious conscious decision of shutting down me i i literally remember saying it's not safe to be me in this world um, so God woke me up from that when I was in my early 30s and again saw that I was heading down a path that <laughs> was not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's so I, I never went looking for a spiritual path. You know, it's like the things in my life coalesced to where I ended up laying in bed and crying out for help because my life was just falling apart in all respects. Um, and that call out to God, God answered. It's amazing how that happens, isn't it? Yes, totally yeah. blessed. <laughs> so now, I mean, you work you work a lot with children, and you've written eighty six children's books. Do you think that working with children at that young age to be able to open up and remain open to spirit is a way to help the universe, I guess, expand and grow. I mean, we have a new generation of beings coming into this world now, and they say that um, they're coming in at a different vibrational rate, I guess is the word to use. Do you think? Yeah, and all, yeah, and all, all, all those, I, again, I never, <laughs> I never set out to start writing children's books. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that wasn't in the game plan either, but, you know, I, I ended up doing lots of seminars for business and flying to my last one, I realized that life was done. It was over. And shortly after that, I woke up one morning and the first thing out of my mouth when I looked at my partner was, if Hershey's can make kisses, I can make French kisses. Um, so I literally just started researching what it would take to make chocolate French kisses and had a company set up that was going to make them for me. And I designed the packaging and got, got it all ready. And then this company that was going to pour the chocolate for me saw that this could really take off. So they like double or tripled the price they were going to charge me. Oh, wow. So I literally at that point was in, in over my head. And I just decided I'd buy a small um, sandwich shop and buy the equipment to make chocolate and learn how to make chocolate and found somebody to teach me. So I opened up a candy store and a chocolate store. And one day in that chocolate store, a box showed up that I didn't order and it was full of little teddy bears. <laughs> I, being a CPA and somebody who investigated things, I found out where that box should have been. and like other things i found out that i shouldn't have found out they were smuggled into the country by their middleman 
I was trying to get something in for himself among their shipment. But they, they ended up leaving me with this box of little teddy bears, and I carried one of them around in the car with me. And one day I picked it up at a stop sign, and I looked in its eyes, and it said, who are you? I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Poet Bear. And I wrote love poetry and philosophical poetry at the time, and so I thought of putting a little book together of all of my poetry with the little teddy bear and selling them one next to each other. And at that time, nobody else had matched up a stuffed animal and a book. It was a few years later before the large company started doing that. And I got the product finally together, set it on the counter to sell in the candy shop. And my mom took one look at it and said, you missed your calling. That should have been a book for children. And I said, yeah, there, there, there's nothing in my writing that's for children, mom. <laughs> it's, it's love poetry and philosophy and it's not for kids. <laughs> um, and somehow her comment must have triggered something in me because six months later I found myself spontaneously writing a children's story. And that was the first one. And then just one idea after another kept pouring in. And they've just, and they're still pouring in. And I have, I have a backlog of about another 80 stories I could write. That's what took me into that realm. And I've, I've discovered that all of my experiences of life as a father, as a partner, through the business world, through helping thousands of people um, heal their own inner wounds and working with them, that all of that information has tra translates real well into children's stories. So creating stories for children that incorporate all that so their parents and them will get the love that's in the stories and there, there's not a word sentence or paragraph I write that doesn't have a vibration to it. So besides the content of the stories, there's a vibration that's coming through them that, as you said, triggers that love that the kids are coming in with now and will help remind them if they happen to forget and hopefully will remind their parents as the parents read the stories to the children where can where can people get your your stories at is it on amazon or no they're at <clears throat> timothy stutz which is stuetz.com and if they go slash freebies there's a couple of free fairy tales there they can download and there's free guided meditations and free qigong exercises there's something for every member of the family every age group um, and every person no matter whether they've just starting a spiritual path or they've been doing it for 40 years so tell us a little bit about the meditations that you do are they free to download or do you have meditation classes or i actually have a meditation soul circle once a week uh, for people but the, the website does have at the freebie section, there's three or four meditations to download. And over the years, practicing different forms of meditation and Qigong and Tai Chi, I've learned a lot of different meditations. So from Japanese meditations to standing meditations, different types of sitting meditations, 
breath meditations, walking meditations, um, and a lot of a lot of my blog posts give besides what's downloadable the some of the blogs are on meditation and people can watch those and also get instructions written wise can you give um a tip to someone who's never meditated before and has a hard time quieting their mind what is a way to quiet the mind because I get that all the time. I'm like, there. I hear, I can't meditate because I can't quiet my mind. <laughs> how how can people meditate when they can't necessarily quiet their mind? Is it is it necessary? I'm I'm, I'm the perfect person to answer that question because <laughs> that's who I was. <laughs> Again, I was this certified public accountant, and you know. For me to sit and meditate, I, I I literally set an alarm clock for two minutes, one of those egg timers. That's how I started, two minutes. And I did that for about a week and noticed I was feeling a little better, so I upped it to five minutes. And then I upped it to 10 minutes. And at some point I jumped to 30 minutes and then 30 minutes twice a day and then an hour. So it's nothing, it, it's really just practice and committing and being willing to explore the part of us that is invisible, you know, our soul, our connection with God. And, you know, we're very aware of our physical being. We're aware of a mind that thinks and thinks and thinks, but we're not taught we have a soul that can control the mind. So that that's what meditation does. It gives us control of all of us, our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body. I, I woke up, one, one of the startling things I woke up with one morning before I was fully consciously awake, I actually watched my mind planning out my day and I thought this is crazy I'm not even awake yet and my mind is planning out my day this is not right <laughs> my mind should not be controlling what's going to happen before I even get up <laughs> yes I'm totally with you on that one yes <laughs> uh, so I think it really just takes a commitment and yes your mind does not surrender easily you know it's been used to thinking and it's just a matter of giving it something else to think about, focusing it on your breath, repeating a mantra, any, any high vibrational word, whether it's peace, love, Om Namah Shivaya, Buddha, it doesn't matter. It's just a tool to focus your mind. And the mind eventually gets tired of repeating the same thing over and over, and it becomes quiet. <laughs> And, and, it, and it does help to, you know, find a spiritual teacher and somebody who's empowered to awaken the kundalini within you. It's much easier to meditate that way. So I, I feel very blessed that I've had several teachers that have that capability. Can you explain what the kundalini is for those who don't know? 
Um, our spiritual energy that resides at the base of the spine and is basically lies dormant until it's awakened. And some people have spontaneous awakenings of that energy. And it's power. I mean, it's so if it's not awakened, if it sometimes I forget who, who wrote, um, I can't even remember his name, but he had a spontaneous spiritual of oh, Eckhart Tolle. Um, you know, he had a spontaneous awakening and it blew him out for two years, you know, just totally messed him up <laughs> from what he was used to living. Uh, so th there are ways of doing things gradually and awakening that energy slowly. And when it's awakened, it starts purifying all aspects of our being and brings us back into alignment with our divine blueprint and who we are. You had mentioned um, walking meditations. Can you explain uh -huh. what a walking meditation is? Various things, even, even walking from room to room in your house or at work, instead of thinking about what you just did or what you're gonna do when you get to where you're going, is literally just focus your awareness at the soles of your feet. Feel each foot hit the floor. And again, maybe repeat, I am love. I am light. Uh, I am peace. <clears throat> I am happy. I am joyful. Just something to focus even in those short distances. Or you can take a longer walk when you walk during the day. Again, repeat affirmations, repeat mantras while you're walking. Stay, stay focused instead of letting the mind run off everywhere it wants to go. Bringing yourself back into the present moment. Exactly. Breathing, <laughs> being aware of what's around you. Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of people don't actually even breathe. I know for me, sometimes I forget to even breathe. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. I, act, I, I have a whole series of children's books on breathing from the mm -hmm. time, even taking the moms through breathing practices while the child's in the womb. Oh, and, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So I have a series of books that starts the mom, parents can start reading while the child's in the womb and then they continue you know, there's four or five books that continue taking them through different practices that they can do with their baby and their child when they're young about breathing exercises. Very cool. Yeah, most most of us um, most of us lost our natural breath at some point when we either out of fear of something, fear out of multiple things. Um, being sick and not being able to breathe through our nose the way we naturally should be breathing. And so, yeah, things got blocked up. feel that right now. I've got allergies from mowing the yard and I'm having a hard time breathing oh. and just in my chest alone. So, oh. yeah. So tell us about your company transformations. What is, what do you do with that? What do you do there? I started that when I decided I was going to start teaching Reiki. Mm -hmm. So I just set up a nonprofit corporation so that I could do all of my healing practices um, through that nonprofit corporation. And the purpose of it was to 
awaken people to their divinity and to achieve their full potential physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I started that back in 1986. What do you do or how do you do that? What programs do you offer? Right now it's the children's books and a book club for children and their parents. Um, I also have a quantum energy training academy where I train people to be teachers of meditation, Reiki, Tai Chi, Qigong, and other practices. And over the, what's this, <laughs> this is 2022, so that trans transformation is almost 40 years old now. And Wow. <laughs> you know, during one period of time, um, myself and one of my partners, you know, we, we did, uh, we got a lot of grants from the state of California. So some of them were related to developing programs for children. Some of them were tobacco education programs for kids. So for 10 years, we functioned that way with the state of California. And that's where I actually wrote my very first book, which was a children's coloring book called The Power of Choice. And it was all about tobacco. And myself and two other people co-wrote that, and that was fun. And we got that written, and I decided, wow, this is pretty cool. So I turned, I turned Goldilocks and the Three Bears and the Three Little Pigs and Little Red Riding Hood into coloring book stories about tobacco education and diet and that for kids. And that was funded by the state of California. And so we, we did 10,000 sets of those coloring books and one school district in California decided they were gonna print them themselves and made them available to every kindergartner through third grader. So how can you help, how do you help parents become more conscious about teaching children about spirituality and meditation and finding their true authentic selves. I have a, I have a course called the magical miracle of you, which is a 10 module course that does exactly that. <laughs> uh, you have it, it all. It, I love it. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, there's 10, there's 10 modules with different topics and each of the modules has three fairy tales that the storylines relate to those topics. Plus, at one point in time, I developed a children's Qigong and Tai Chi and yoga um, DVD where I performed exercises in Disney quality costumes. And it's called the Power Animal Frolics. So that's part of that course too. So it's a full integration of different practices and different activities for the family to do along with stories and doing one of the power animal frolics with each of the modules. Cool. Yeah. How many families, I guess, well, you've been doing this for 40 years, so you've probably helped many families. <laughs> Many families, many families and many individuals. Yeah. That's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's very little that I haven't seen. What's one of your most, one of, one of a story that most touched your heart? 
Well, one was a mother that called me and her son had a problem breathing. He had asthma. He's mm -hmm. about nine years old. He had an indentation in the center of his chest in his heart area. Mm -hmm. And they thought that was complicating the breathing too. So he was going to go into surgery. And I don't remember how his mom found me, but I went over and I gave that boy one treatment, but it, it wasn't the treatment that, that did it, you know, in just talking to him and, mm -hmm. and his mom and finding out, cause he wasn't born with that indentation. And it was literally like somebody had taken a fist, punched him in the chest. And when they removed the fist, <laughs> the impression stayed there. Wow. And in talking with them, it was literally something his father had said to him. That's when it happened. It, what, what his dad said to him was so powerful. It did that. And, you know, what, what I learned from that was, you know, it's like, you got to be really careful with what you say to children besides what I grew up with and knew that from how I grew up. Um, but I had never seen such a dramatic physical impact on somebody. But once he brought that up and said that, and with one treatment, his asthma cleared up, he didn't need the operation, the chest got better. Um, and what his dad said to him, you know, another child, another person, it might not have done that. You know, it's like every child is so unique and so precious and what'll harm one child, you know, another child, it'll just run off their back and it won't hurt them. Yeah. Um, and the, I, I've worked with many children that have had cancer and um, helped them through transitioning. And one of my biggest blessings with children was I had a, my Ayurvedic physician friend worked with a couple who was trying to conceive for six years. And he finally called me up one day and said, would you drive out and see these people with me? And so we drove two and a half hours one way for me to go meet these people. And as we were sitting, just having conversation for the first couple of hours, they, they told me why they couldn't conceive, you know, the, the uh, the man literally only wanted to have one child and it had to be the soul of his mother had to come in and be that child. That's all he wanted. He wanted his mom back. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, you know, they're, they're, he, he's sharing this with me and it's like, well, no wonder you can't conceive. You've kind of limited God to what you can get. <laughs> And his mom was this really, they were, they were Indian and his mom was really spiritual. I mean, her meditation room was like a temple. I mean, unbelievable what her meditation room looked like. And he now had it in his house. And, wow. and I also said, you know, it's like, what makes you think your mom even wants to come back? You know, what makes you think with all of the practices she did in her life that she even has to come back? So just talking with them and then doing a, short energetic treatment with the couple um she conceived within two weeks wow yeah that that was really magical <clears throat> that's interesting so 
was he able to to move past him wanting to have his mother back? Oh yeah, that, that that's why they were able to conceive. He was willing to <laughs> let go of that's why he was willing to let go of that. He was willing to accept um, the child that God gave them, <laughs> the spirit that wanted to come in for them. <laughs> and they and every every year on her birthday, I get pictures of her birthday party and. Yeah, oh. they are they are really so happy and a beautiful family. Yeah. Oh, how sweet! Yes. That's what did the wife what did the wife say when you when she realized that that's what he was wanting? Did she have a no? She 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 knew that too. Oh, I mean, she did. She, yeah, she knew what he wanted, but they had no idea that that what? thought process was keeping them from having the child. They were so desperately yeah. wanting to have. <laughs> That's interesting. Very funny. Well, is there anything else that you would like for our listeners to know? I mean, um, I will definitely have your uh, website in the show notes uh, where they can find the meditations in your books and how to find you. But is there any other tip or suggestion that you can give our readers, our listeners about um, who you are and what you have to offer? I, I seem to be nothing but an empty channel that brings blessings to whoever comes before me and whatever they need. My, my, spiritual, my spiritual teacher, I, they, I asked for a name and they, I got this spiritual name and it, I never resonated with it. So I wrote and said, you know, if this is my ego, fine, let me know. But I don't resonate with his name. I'd love another name. And <laughs> a year after I asked for that, with a lot of stuff going on in between that year, somebody called me up one day and wanted to set up four Reiki treatments. And we talked for about an hour on the phone. And at the end of listening to him say all this stuff, I, I just asked him one thing. I said, can you consolidate all of what you're trying to tell me? And he says, I feel stuck. And the moment I hung up the phone, I realized that I felt stuck in my life at that time too. Mm -hmm. The next day in my mailbox was a letter from my guru giving me the spiritual name of Ganesh, the remover of obstacles. It's like, she knew what my name was and just was waiting for me to realize myself that I was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so Ganesh is the remover of obstacles has helped me remove a lot of obstacles and helps that same process happen with whoever I'm working with. And whether I do it through meditation or soul circles or all of the children's books, they're, they're all designed for people to trigger moving through their obstacles in their life and achieving their full potential. I love it. Remove yeah. our obstacles. I think that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love that name, Ganesh. And, and, and the other thing is just, you know, be easy on yourself, pick practices that you enjoy, stay with them. Don't give up. I mean, if somebody had told me when I started this, what I would have to release from my life in order to 
what was going to happen, I just said, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I would say that is because I really had no perspective of what life could be. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know what it feels like at that time to have a totally quiet mind. My mind does not think unless I want it to think. I woke up out of meditation one day and everything in the world was shining in crystalline light and all the hard edges of the world disappeared. And so I see I see the world superimposed on that field of crystalline light still. still. And I mean, that experience scared me too. Uh, I, I literally ate from five o'clock one night until one o'clock in the morning trying to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> and at one o'clock, God, God or somebody said, you can do all this you want, but you're not going to get rid of this. So you might as well be nice to your body. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I would just say, you know, be, be easy on yourself, be joyful, commit to practices, stay with them. Doesn't take a lot. You know, e- even just repeating a mantra throughout the day, just refocusing your mind being present with those who are right in front of you um, be your loving kind innocent child <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that could be hard to do but yes i have to yes i i agree <laughs> i actually every hour on the hour i've got a uh, little one-liner meditations that i put on my phone just to remind myself to uh, one breathe two be kind <laughs> Uh-huh. I have different nice. meditations that I, I remind myself with. So yes. Nice. Well, one one last question for you that I like to ask all of my guests and um, uh-huh. I'm going to ask you as well. But uh, if you had an opportunity to speak with someone for an hour on a park bench and that person either be in spirit or in the physical body, who would that person be and what would you talk about? that entity would be the source of all of this (laughs) (laughs) yes and man i I have a lot of questions (laughs) (laughs) may take a little longer than an hour then (laughs) but i've actually merged with that source so many times on so many levels and i know it's absolutely nothing but pure vibrational love at a level that is unfathomable. Um, Three days ago, when I sat for meditation, I was flooded with just visuals and beauty and a peace that I don't remember. It's been many decades since I've cried when I've been meditating. But it was so beautiful, all I could do was cry mm-hmm. and sit in that vibration. And that whatever came in then has stayed with me the last three days in meditation, too. Wow. So it's a constant deepening experience. And yeah. I don't know what I'd ask God, but I'd just love to sit there for an hour in that vibrational field and allow it to do whatever it would do with, with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had a, 
you know, in the in the Indian scriptures, it says that a guru with one look, one touch, can totally transform you instantly. And I've experienced major transformations with one look, one touch, um, but not the complete thing. And I was actually contemplating, you know, is that really true what the scriptures say? And I found myself in a dream with my mom one night, and then I sensed Christ off to the side. And I immediately went over, laid in a full pranam at his feet, and he lifted my head up, put one finger in my forehead, and I started to vibrate at a rate that I could not believe. I was just being filled with his love, looking in his eyes and feeling, feeling his finger just putting energy into me. And I knew in that moment that he could totally transform me right then and there. And I asked him to. <laughs> you know, I said, I said, please finish me off right now. <laughs> and, and he actually said, yeah, that's not my job. That's your master's job. That's your guru's job. Um, so while I do have one spiritual path that I follow, I'm blessed to have experiences with many great beings and we're all supported by a multitude of angels, masters and beings that we have no idea are around us, but we're, we're all supported. We're all loved in ways we can't even imagine. That we are. That we are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't believe the hour's already up and it's been a fascinating conversation. I've enjoyed being with you a lot and I've enjoyed what you've triggered and brought forth within me. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. You are a blessing and may your work into the world just multiply, multiply, multiply and touch more and more lives. Thank you. Yours as well. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.